Ziggy and Puffy are here tonight. Um, did you see them? Do you have anything to say to them at all? Nah, but if we even if we saw them, we not we are businessmen. We are not animals. It's not like we're gonna see them and rush them and jump on them. If they they see us and they want drama, we're gonna definitely bring it like only Devrow could bring it. But we here as businessmen to enjoy and, 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 and support the and video, support music, the video awards. music awards for MTV because they support us. So if they want to come and use this business opportunity to get on some gangster, you know, we do that better than anybody. Can you envision a day when you know? Y'all, if not, get together and make an album, just peace, peacefully coexist. There's no dream of making an album with Biggie and Puffy or none of them. We're not sweating it like that. This is our we, family We peacefully here. coexist right That's now because right. we all cool. Everybody's here. Everybody's, they, make, they sell records. We sell records. Well, I guess you could call that selling records what they do. We sell large amounts of records, and they sell a few records. And really, there's no, it's no competition. People are really making too much out of it than it is. Welcome. To the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, Joshua, and the Luma Mommy herself, Miss April. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going back to the 90s. Oh, yeah. And we are getting all up in this Tupac and Biggie conspiracy. you guys we got to go into the truth corner back up a little bit just back that ass up oh boy oh wow whitest guy in the room it is mc Wonderbread, <laughs> and you can't teach that oh god truth corner scale we're gonna put the we're gonna put them together okay mm, as a, a kid scale yes as a kid on a scale from one to ten how scared were you walking in the hood that means, like, I guess it would be like the south side of Chicago, or as a like, kid, I probably yeah. zero. I don't zero. think I had the awareness. Right on. Uh, Oof! Wow! I did it off mic. Uh well, I would say you that. I mean, as a kid, I, I guess I didn't really know about like violence or anything like that so i mean if someone told me hey you can get beaten up then i as a kid i'd be like a nine but i, I that never really occurred to me i suppose dude i was like a 14 i wanted nothing to do with that growing up in like freaking suburbia i didn't even see and this is truth truth be told i don't think i met an african-american person until i was maybe eight or nine years old wow yeah i like that i'm gonna say a six because as a kid like i love the music 
but to it to an extent just i watched mtv like every other kid but i was always worried like i have a story where basically i was with my dad in chicago as a kid and we went to see the taste of chicago fest and during that time in the late 80s early 90s there was a lot of disparity in the city and i remember specifically my dad and i were walking down the street and this guy took a full cup of like mcdonald's water or pop or whatever and just threw it at my dad's feet and was just like what the fuck are you gonna do white man is you living in a white man's world right now you know, and said a bunch of stuff. My dad didn't do anything. And I remember specifically one of the few times I ever prayed to God was from that. And I was mm. like, please, God, let us find our car. I don't want to get like beat up by a bunch of black dudes in the city, but they would have never done that. Now, as an adult, I understand that. But at the time, I was scared. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say, as a kid, I give it a seven. Okay. I give it a seven. So, um, who here likes rap? Me. Oh, yeah. Josh. Josh is Slayer. a hard no. Slayer is not rap music. I'm going to say, <laughs> when I was younger, I, and this is kind of going with our local <laughs> listeners only, I was, I listened to uh, Sunny FM is what it was called then. Uh, the party w- station. WSNX is what it is now. And they, they play the popular uh, music. And I want to say that I probably would have been close to, I don't know, gosh, 12-ish. And that was when my dad was like, you know, this stuff isn't that good. You need to branch out a little bit and listen to some other stuff. And oddly enough, my that was my friend. I want to say that I had it's always a hell of a way to get to a yes or a no. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> my he he wanted us to listen to other stuff. Josh, we need your life story, please. <laughs> that was when he introduced me to real like more and in, heavily into like rock music and i'd always listen to stuff like queen and whatnot but uh he had me listen to uh led zeppelin and that blew my mind so was that a yes or a no <laughs> well i i'd already s- I, i'm 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 sorry i now now yes i i i listen to rock music but you so no, so no. Okay, so, I'm sorry. I just I wanted to put it out that when I was younger, I could, yes, I could have given you the whole rundown of how I stumbled upon rap music, but I, that wasn't the question. Um, <laughs> who, uh, okay, so I asked who likes rap, and I will say yes, I do. As of currently, as of right now, this was a sea as change three days ago. It, it well, I always, I always liked it. I yeah. always, I always liked it. I'm as a kid, I really liked it. Like Josh was saying, as a younger boy, he liked it, but then he was exposed to a lot of rock music, and then you kind of forget about that and just assume that's just kind of like the pedigree for people who like music, like you assume as a rock lover and like a fan of like all that music you just like well everybody there's so many different kinds of rock and metal and all this stuff but like all you need is rush i'm sorry that's not true but that's just me maybe there's somebody out there who says all they need is rush but that's that's not true so i will say that i i i genuinely like 
rap. It's great. So, who's better to you now that we're del- delving Ooh. in? Now, this is the oh, tricky boy. question. I have to ask this because... Dude. It's Hold a tough. On. It's a toughie. Now... As 90s kids, we grew up in the heyday of gangster rap, of hip-hop, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had a lot of great rap in the 80s. Even, I mean, there was a uh, rap group that started after the um, Black Panthers, just like um, Uprising, like the first one. I, I can't remember their name, and I'll bring it up in the second half, I promise. But this all started, and it slowly evolved, and then in the 90s, it just fucking, like turned into the the most amazing I mean it turned into dance music it turned to soul music it turned to hip hop gospel I mean realistically the 90s were the heyday mm-hmm. and just like the 70s were the heyday for classic rock right. and everything that came from it the, the 90s were the heyday for hip hop so if you had to pick mm. between the two guys we're covering today Sophie's choice Tupac and Ugh. Biggie I'll go first. Okay. Who's your guy? Who do you like? Of the two, I would pick Tupac. And I want to say that this is their time was when I listened to rap and that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Tupac was the one that more I was like, I was like, yeah, this <laughs> this guy's better. And I, I thought that B.I.G. also was good, too. But Tupac was better. April. Yeah, I'd have to go with Pac. I always liked his stuff more. I loved just his style of writing. And I don't know. I always felt like I connected with his music more than I ever did Biggie's. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Tupac. Uh, his lyrics were out of this world. I mean, I loved him when he was with Digital Underground. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a four-man agreement. Wow! Um, my first time wow. ever. My first time ever listening to a full Tupac and Biggie record was this last week. Um, let let be said. Let it be known. We are all super white. <laughs> Just <laughs> FYI. Yes, yes, we are. I'm from Elegant, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> and not that that says that one's musical taste is what it is, mm-hmm. you know, but. For myself, I'd always been a passive rap fan. Like, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember going to one of my best friend's bachelor parties. All we did was listen to 90s music, and it was just, like, all hip-hop, and it was awesome. Like, every single time, I'd be like, we should listen to this rock song, but I'm like, no, it's going to fucking shoot the dick into the flow of the night like it's not gonna it nobody's gonna have fun if we listen to this just listen to what we're listening to because we're just having a blast come on guys we need some marcy's playground yeah nobody wants to listen to marcy's Mommy playground some sex and candy. <laughs> candy um i got a platinum and bubble gum pop <laughs> both of these guys that we're covering today now i granted it's it's for a conspiracy episode so you got to know there's some twists and turns and some sad shit we're going to deal with here but good god these guys are excellent mm-hmm. both of them like f- almost both of them are flawless at what they did um there's a reason they're both so revered and missed and it comes across huge in their music Rap has the potential to be so much more intimate because of all the emotions that can be poured into the music. Um, The words, the feeling, the rhymes. A good rapper, at least to my dumb, normal, modern white mind, is able to convey all his feelings in a few lines. There are moments in Tupac's music specifically where you really, really, really 
really can feel it. Um, it's it's dark and it's real and like with the Don Kilimati, let the last album that he put out as Machiavelli. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, guys. <laughs> I thought I was tough listening to Antichrist Superstar, but like the guys that were thugs that were listening to it or so-called thugs, they were a lot tougher than I was because they were even just knowing the the subject matter of what they were listening to and the intensity of it. I mean, it's just, it's unparalleled. It, and there is a reason that that music spoke so well to, to generations upon generations still just as important as it was then as it is now um and it's dark it's real more real than the people who are being blamed for columbine marilyn manson metallica (laughs) what also comes across is a sense of the present of when the music came out you see their world you see what they were dealing with and that's something that a lot of times doesn't come across in musicians and 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 people that you that you listen to you don't get a sense of the now as much and it's a time capsule with Tupac it's a time capsule even with Biggie mm-hmm. and Biggie was great um you see their world their time and that's why it hasn't aged at all but in some ways it's gotten better i think um because it speaks to the current climate that we're in right now um a perfect time capsule of a just insane world. I mean, this is coming from the Rodney King beating the mm. the riots, the LA riots. Um, it's a the the you you get a sense of the racism, the police brutality, the drugs, the gangs, the rioting, the '90s hip hop, gangster rap at its height. And I can't think of a time that it's been more influential, personally. Um, and it's pure. Like I said, when I mentioned classic rock, it's 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 a lot like the 70s did its thing for what's now considered classics. Um, the 90s had these two musical geniuses to bring. Well, like you said, with classic rock, you had, you know, Neil Young and, uh, yeah, you know, the exposing what was going on in the world as well mm-hmm. at the time. Um. They brought the world of rap and real hip-hop to the forefront in a lot of ways. I don't think it's gone away. I think it's actually gotten more prolific and more out there and more in the forefront. So let's learn a little bit about these two gentlemen. Okay. Shall we? So Tupac was actually born Lysane Parrish Crooks. On June 16th, 1971. Hmm. Now, he died, which we're going to cover, on September 13th, 1996, which makes him... Or did he? Or did he? Exactly. That's true. We'll get into that in the second half. <laughs> uh, at 25, supposedly. So that's, young. That's that, ma- that kind of that magic 24-25 where the young artists... Mm-hmm. How is he that young? 25. He put out so many freaking albums. I know. That's where you feel like, oh, I should probably get up and mow the lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's intense because uh, with, with rock music, you're lucky nowadays, we'll say, for a band to put out a record every what, three years, four years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, with Tupac and with Big E, like, 
so much material that they would that they recorded that they were able to release stuff even mm-hmm. after their death for quite a while. Now, Christopher George Latour Wallace, that's notorious B.I.G. He was born on May 21st, 1972, so he's a little bit younger than uh, Tupac, but he also died six months after Tupac died on uh, March 9th, 1997. So, um, there's a little bit of an idea of where they started, but they're both phenomenal. Phenomenal musicians, like they... They were on the precipice of everything huge. We didn't even see their peak. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start to break this whole thing down. Now I have a list of um, conspiracies Mm. that people tied them to. Um, Now I want to say there was uh, some of the sources that I came across during this whole research period there was this great Nick Broomfield documentary you can find on YouTube called Tupac and Biggie the story behind the murder of rap's biggest superstars and now I have this um, great VH1 article which VH1 puts out articles just so you know interesting okay um. So anyway, um, there's this great article from 2016 by Ben Smith, and he basically kind of breaks down the different conspiracies that are involved in their death. Now, before I even get into anything, I'm going to say this off the top of my chest. Not the not the bottom or the middle, the the, the, or off to the side. Up by the nipples. Balancing it on his nipples. Up, ah, up, those rock hard nipples. Up near my rock hard nipples and my clavicle. Okay. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Burp break. <laughs> you missed those. <laughs> that slipped right out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, oh. Poor Ryan. Oh. Hey, Marty. I'm done. <laughs> the farts are coming soon. No, no. Stick your finger in your mouth. Stop doing that. <laughs> Guys, okay. Oh, that tastes like a butthole. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. Josh. Okay, so true story. Um now, I respect these guys a lot, and this is this is something that came about, like I said, in the last couple of days. I've only been listening to hip-hop, and then I listen to, like, a rock music song, and it just sounds like trebly bullshit after mm-hmm. listening to that much hip-hop. Where's the bass? That's for you guys out there listening who are in rock bands. We need more bass, because that shit Mo does bass. not rattle like a <laughs> hip-hop song. Mm-mm. Anyway... All right, let's get into it, guys. Okay. These are some of the conspiracies that have to deal with these gentlemen. Now, granted, they were both murdered outside of events where there is video footage that we are going to post on our site, Mm. which is kind of sad, actually, if you think about it. But, yeah, there's video footage of both of these murders. No one convicted. That was in 96, 97, and now it is 2017. 2017. At least 20 years 
Excuse you? Circulate <laughs> bleu! Did you have a point there? That was the point. Okay. You're a little upset. I get it. Yep. Um, I vent my anger. All right. So Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. Notorious mm. B.I.G., is inargu- inarguably one of the most gifted hip-hop lyricists of all time. Sadly, his legacy as an artist will always be tied to the circumstances of his death on March 9th, 1997. That's sad. Josh, mm. where were you then? 97? Let's see, I'd be 12. I remember when it happened, especially because of the uh, uh, P. Diddy song. Uh, they did the um, Every Breath You Take cover. Shortly after he died, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that was it was actually about the time that I was coming out of that type of music and going more into rock music. But I remember hearing it and thinking it was a, it was a beautiful song. But then I heard, well, oddly enough, the uh, the police original version, I think I thought that one was better. But that's just me. I'm sorry. Shush. <laughs> um, did you know that Biggie actually used to open up for Tupac on the road? Or I shows? did not know that. Yeah. Oh. They were friends. Okay. Way before they became rivals, but they were they were brothers. Like they there's actually video footage you can see in the documentary that I the first documentary I watched about them and they're straight up hugging. Like they're they're dudes. They're totally cool with each other. Hmm. And that's that's just something like naturally that people don't know. They just assume West Coast, East Coast, but yeah, they they were cool. Well, that's the thing that sucks is I have to wonder how much of the whole East Coast, West Coast battle was the artists themselves, and I know that it was there. Obviously, they mm. would diss each other in their music, but how much was it amplified from the fans? It was theatrics. It was. It was mm. pro wrestling. It, it, exactly. So anyway, let's continue on. Okay, so no one was ever arrested for these crimes. Right. Tr- tried, found, nothing. I mean, there was, there was like, okay, it was, maybe it was a blood or a crip, or maybe it was the dude who shook Knight, the guy that was the founder Shug Knight of Death had a Row. lot of fingers and some shady stuff. He mm-hmm. did. Also, Chris Rock had a joke about this. He said, Tupac was gunned down on Love's Vegas Strip oh, after boy. a Mike Tyson fight. Boy. <laughs> now, how many witnesses do you need to see some shit before you arrest somebody? Shit. More people saw Tupac get shot than the last episode of Seinfeld. Was that? <laughs> he's, he's, was that your Chris Rock? It was, but I was just trying to do yeah, a high pitch. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> so... In the absence of any definitive answers or evidence, a cottage industry of conspiracy theory... Shush. (laughs) That's my my favorite one. My words are getting mushy, I know. (laughs) There's no garlic mash in there, though. All right, so... um, There were a lot of holes for law enforcement. And a lot of holes in Biggie and Tupac. Yes. Oh! Fair enough. Oh, too soon? The most popular suspects for <laughs> both murders later. were seen seemed to be Crips and Blood street gangs. However, the motives and particulars vary from one book article and DVD to the next. So there's there's a lot of like 
homegrown DVD, like, yo, we're going to find out what the truth is about Tupac, bitch. Like, they do a video, and it's just kind of like, we just hung out with Tupac's second cousin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they four talk- Pac. Four Pac, yeah. And it just leads and to And his in-shape cousin, Six Pac. So, okay. <laughs> and his drunk cousin, Six Pac. Um, September seventh, se- September seventh, nineteen ninety six. So here we're gonna go chronologically a little bit through the timeline mm-hmm. before we take a break. So, Tupac Shakur is shot repeatedly while riding passenger in a car with Death Row Records CEO Sug Knight in Las Vegas, Nevada. They are in town to attend the Bruce Seldon versus Mike Tyson boxing match at the MGM Grand. Early in the evening, Shakur or Tupac Shakur. <laughs> And Knight, who is a disputed member of the Blood Street Gang, and their entourage assaulted Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, an alleged member of the Southside Compton Crips Gang. The attack is in retaliation for the robbery of a Death Row Records associate several months prior. Shakur dies from his injuries on September 13th. Now, now that fight is caught on tape, correct? It happened in a little hotel lobby? It is, but I want to I stress one quick point, because it's something I want to bring up in the second segment. Shakur and uh, Suge Knight actually meet in the hospital because it took six days before he died. And oh, he, Suge really? Knight hmm. actually says when he got together with him that they were joking around. Hmm. Like literally hmm. talking. So he was joking. not like in a coma for six right. days. Really? Exactly. Hmm. Which, which has always been the weird. This is, I mean, that does weird, happen. I guess, but at the same time, like, yeah, I, I don't joke it around unless with I have a little bit of like brain matter circulating. If exactly. I'm if I'm mm-hmm. fucked up, then I'm fucked up. So anyway, um, so the Las Vegas police initially say uh, Orlando, um, the guy that they got into assault with at the casino, is not a suspect in the slaying, though he is held by police a month later in Compton, California, which has seen a surge in gang violence following the rapper's death. Mm. No charges are ever brought against him or other suspects in the slang. So now we're going to fast forward a bit to November 5th, 1996. Tupac Shakur's fifth album, The Don Kilimati, The Seven Day Theory. A lot of people like to call it The Seven Day Theory. Um, I want a side note for a second. Mm-hmm. I listened to this album for the first time literally two days ago. Holy shit, is this some of the darkest shit I've ever listened to? Especially post a man's death. Mm-hmm. Um, I've listened to albums by guys who have died, like Jeff Buckley, who drowned. Mm-hmm. Um, I've listened to albums... From- the new David Bowie? Yes. Well, the- he knew he was dying. And it's amazing. <clears throat> Black Star, you gotta seek it out. David Bowie's in my top three... Um, Johnny Cash's last album. Uh, mm-hmm. That's brutal. Uh, yeah. And he knew he was dying. Um, this album ranks up with those. And it he is. Didn't so, know he was dying. It is so dark, so scary. Um, but I mean, there's a jovial sense to it because Tupac wasn't an asshole. Like he, he, he cared about people. He cared about the poor. And that's something that like a lot of people don't understand. Like with Tupac, he wanted to see some change in the world. Like he was out there to try to make people happy, make people better. 
he even tried to make like a gang code with his OG squad, like his whole thing, like, let's just be cool, man. Let's just not fight each other at shows. Let's not sling drugs in schools. Let's just, it just, it makes me sad because there's not enough good people like that in the world anymore. He could have been a social change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was for, for a short time. I mean, his life was fleeting. He died when he was 25. Fucking five. I was still a shithead when I was 25. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do or what I wanted to be when I was 25. And yet this guy is trying to change the world for better. Dude. And he did a lot of good. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, he changed his name from Tupac to Machiavelli. Recorded the preceding summer. The album was originally, the uh, like I said, the Seven Day Theory was originally scheduled to come out in March of 97. Mm. But is it was rushed by Death Row Records following Shakur's murder. The record reached number one on the Billboard album charts. The album's dark subject matter and packaging spawns a number of conspiracy theories about Shakur, his death, and the perpetrators. Some interpret the album titled Don Kilimani to mean Kill the Illuminati. The Illuminati being a supposed shadow organization, which we have covered, episode 50, with uh, Andy Shatner. Correct. And uh, you should check that out. So they cite Tupac's upbringing by his Black Panther parents and his championing of the poor and disenfranchised as proof of his evolving political character, which ran afoul of the powers that be. Others believe the cover, which features a painting of Tupac martyred like Jesus via crucifixion and the liner notes message, Exit Tupac, Enter Machiavelli, allude to the fact that Tupac had faked his own death and was still alive. So with Elvis, now we get to Notorious B.I.G., which is sad, uh, just as sad. So in March 9th of 1997, Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. the Notorious B.I.G., is shot four times while driving back to his hotel after attending a party hosted by Vibe Magazine and Quest Records at the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles, California. Wallace dies from his injuries that night. Now, this wasn't a long, drawn-out process like Tupac. Like like I said, it was six days. This this guy died pretty quick. Um, a week after Wallace's murder, the Los Angeles Times cites unnamed sources in reporting that the killing was due to a financial dispute with members of the Southside Compton Crips, whom Wallace had employed as security during West Coast visits. No hmm. charges are ever brought against anyone in the killing. So that's that's the last killing on March 9th, 1997. Guys, currently, where we're sitting, these two magnets of rap. Geniuses. No, no justice. Mm-hmm. There is yep. no justice. That's a little coincidental. Yeah. Yes. And that is super fucking sad. It is. Like, we can... We can, Okay. Freddie Mercury died of AIDS. We know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nothing, no, if, if anything happened to Freddie Mercury, wouldn't you just lose your mind if it was unsolved? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, these guys were just as good. So, Tup- Tupac Shakur's mother, Efeni Shakur, sues Death Row Records. This was the uh, same month as uh, um, Christopher Wallace's death. She sues Death Row Records to negotiate, negate 
uh, Tupac's contract with the label. The suit claims unpaid royalties in names Sugnight and death row lawyer David Kenner as defendants. Around the same time, rumors begin to swirl that Tupac had planned to leave the label. This plus Knight's gang ties and history of violence led many to believe he had a direct role in Tupac's murder. So a lot of people think Sug. 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 It's like sugar. Exactly. Sug Knight was the problem. Now, I will tell you this. I watched two different documentaries during the research of this, and a lot of people don't have pretty things to say about Shug. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it is um, unpaid, um, un, um, taken care of artists. Um, and Tupac himself was actually ready to leave Death Row and start his own production company after that. Would make sense. After Machiavelli, Don Kilimati, like he really wanted to exit stage left, but that wasn't going to happen because of what did happen. So, um, so there's this guy who killed two. Tupac Shakur comes out in January 2003. Now, there's been a lot of hush hush and a lot of different things because it's in the 2000s. But like, um, this guy reacted to this whole series of like investigations by writing this crazy, 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 crazy article. Um, his name's Chuck Phillips. He claims that Tupac Shakur murder his his murder was carried out by members of the Southside Compton Crips with the aid of the notorious B.I.G. Hmm. So the article alleges that after the beating of Orlando Anderson at the MGM Grand, the Crips had met with Christopher Wallace in Las Vegas and solicited one million from him to carry out the hit and that he had supplied one of the guns used in the drive-by shooting. Lawyers and friends of Wallace vehemently deny the accusation and say he wasn't anywhere near Las Vegas when Tupac's shooting occurred, providing studio logs to show that he had been re- he had been recording in New York at the time. So, I mean, I, I he's find dead hard to believe. at the time, but, I mean, yeah, of course. Because they stood to make more money verbally jabbing each other back and forth than they would have Mm -hmm. taking him out makes no sense to me yeah no it's it i I think a lot of it could have been just the fact that like the different gang members who were super associated with these guys were just trying to drum up drama to, to just make some money so there's a great book by randall sullivan called labyrinth it's l a brinth so oh okay yeah oh boy Nice. L.A. Brinth. Anyway, it's a uh, reporter. Randall Sullivan published a book called Labyrinth, which is based on the experience investigations of LAPD officer Russell Poole. Now, Russell Poole is one of the main focuses on that documentary. The first one that I watched, um, he I, is a tragic character in this story because he was a good dude who just wanted to like get to the truth like he's he's literally just like guys there's a problem with the story can we can we look into it and they're just like "Eh." 
here, Duke's money. And, and he's just like, no, I, I, I just want to f- solve this. He's a this true reporter. Yes. But, well, not not a reporter, but a detective. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no. It's similar. But he's just like, I just want to get to the bottom of this. Like, I think there's, there's holes in this story. We need to figure this shit out because these guys were, like, huge. And, like, he felt the pressure of people, like... There was enough from dealing with just talking to Tupac's mom or to or, or Notorious B.I.G.'s mm-hmm. dad or and mom. And mom. Um, it's it's really sad when you watch it because it's just like he's just trying to find the truth and try to make everybody mm-hmm. feel peace. So um, now he the book claims that the murder of Christopher Wallace was arranged by LAPD officer turned bank robber, David Mack. Now I didn't bring him up, but there's a lot of interviews with his David Mack's girlfriends in that documentary that I cited the Tupac and Biggie documentary. And she is literally talking about like having sex with all a bunch of police officers and all a bunch of like just random dudes and it's totally cool because he's just this david mack guy is getting paid for it so it's 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 such a sick dark it's pretty gross it's very dark again this is why i think after this week and doing the research for this episode hip-hop is so much darker than anything i Mm -hmm. listened to beforehand which was like (laughs) oh no we love satan well i love satan too he's great he's he looks (laughs) he looks fun in a costume Mm -hmm. so good there's good guys on both sides exactly (laughs) very fine people very fine people very very fine so david mack (laughs) at the behest of suge knight who blamed Wallace and Sean Puff Daddy Combs for the murder of Tupac Shakur. Mac and Knight reportedly grew up together in Compton and both had a history of association with the Blood Street Gang. So that book that I brought up, Labyrinth, was actually a tie-in to blaming um, blaming Suge, really, more than it did, and, and David Mack, this LAPD cop, which it was all covered up on. And it's never been solved, never been fully investigated, never come out in the woodwork, never been fucking pulled out. Now, at the time, they had the Rampart investigations, which is a whole other ball of fucking worms. Like, it's literally, it was pulling the department apart because they had Mm -hmm. this anti-terrorism, anti-drug enforcement group that was just like literally being investigated by everybody and so the LAPD was just like we don't need any more drama and at the same time you also had the west coast just like be harmless of Snoop Dogg and Tupac Shakur and they're all out there and they're just doing their thing and at the same time they're just like let's be friends with them Let's just smoke weed with these guys. It's cool. Because obviously weed doesn't do anything. It's just a stimulant. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, the department, the LAPD, purposely did not fully investigate Mac. Hmm. Death row connection because he had a death death row records connection. And they didn't want to do it because it would draw attention to them. And like I said, the Rampart scandal, which found widespread corruption in the LAPD's anti-gang unit. No. So the anti-gang guys were actually pro-gang. Interesting. Why would you be pro-gang if you're anti? 
<laughs> it says you're. It says you don't like gangs, but you like gangs. Follow the money. Yeah, exactly. The article also alleges Combs are puffy. That would be puffy. Specifically, told witnesses and associates of Bad Boy Records not to cooperate with the police. <laughs> Flip it. Let's talk about this damn owl. <laughs> anyway, so the information is—that's a good rant. The information in this book and theories is put forth were the basis of Nick Roomfield's documentary Biggie and Tupac, which I—this is where this whole episode comes from. So anyway, um, as well as the wrongful death suit Christopher Wallace's family brought against the city of Los Angeles, because they both—they both. They both got fucked i mean seriously mm-hmm. they they were robbed of one of the greatest musical careers i can think of like they both of them put out some of the best music hip-hop music that i can think of so anyway so let me round this out a little bit real quick so in 2007 john Patash's book the fbi war on tupac shakur and black leaders examines the federal Bureau of Investigations history of undermining African American political movements and their possible involvement in the assassination of such figures what? as Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, and Tupac Shakur. Based on twelve years of research and hundreds of interviews, the author connects the dots between Tupac Shakur's FNE Shakur involvement with the Black Panther Party. Now don't take a knee, NFL players. The mother <laughs> The mother of Tupac Shakur was actually a Black Panther, just so you know. Her son's message of black political self-empowerment in the government's convert, covert COINTELPRO program, which infiltrated the Panthers and other leftist groups, is deemed threats to national security. Potash also produced a DVD on the book's subject matter as seen above. So, there's a little thing... That I could show you guys, uh, which we'll post, is basically talks about how the FBI conducted so many like infiltration infiltrations on the um, Tupac fans, the Tupac experts. So anyway, um, the FBI reveals that Tupac Shakur had been the target of an extortion scheme by the Jewish Defense League. A far-right religious (laughs) political organization with a history of violence. The case file said that the JDL had targeted a number of hip-hop stars with anonymous death threats and then offered protection services for a fee. The FBI, however, does not find any evidence that the group was involved in Shakur's murder. Now, September 2011, former LAPD detective Greg Hating self-publishes the book Murder Rap, the untold story of Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur murder investigation as 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 an officer, Kading had worked on a multi-agency task force investigating the murders of Christopher Wallace and Tupac Shakur, which began in 2006 as a result of Valletta Wallace's wrongful death lawsuit against the city of Los Angeles. In his book, he claims Dwayne Cafe D. Davis, a member of the Southside Compton Crips and the uncle of Tupac shooting suspect Orlando Anderson, confessed to being in the car the night that uh, shot up Suge Knight's BMW 
on the night of September 7th, the shooting had been commissioned by Sean Combs, who paid $1 million to have both Shakur and Knight killed. Anderson was the trigger man. In retaliation, Suge Knight hired Mob Peru gang member Wardell Pucci Foos to kill Christopher Wallace for $13,000. Foos. (laughs) (laughs) Inexplicably, though, in 2009, Kading was taken off the case and the task force was dismantled the following year. Hmm. So Sounds fishy. We're getting close, guys, I promise. December 2014, the book Tupac 187, The Red Knight by Richard R.J. Bond and Michael Douglas Carlin and featuring contributions from the aforementioned Russell Poole puts forth a new theory that the hit on Suge Knight and Tupac Shakur was a powerful grab for control over Death Row Records. It proposes that Death Row Records head of security Reggie Wright Jr., himself the son of a Compton police chief in Suge Knight's Ex-wife Sharitha Knight, not King, conspired to take control of the label. To do so, they hired a trio of Long Beach Crips to kill Suge and Tupac, including rapper Little Half Dead, whose cousin is Snoop Dogg, Hmm. on the night of the shooting. Wright had ordered the death row security team to 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 not carry weapons. Wright has categorically denied he had anything to do with the shooting and no charges have ever brought against him. So mm-hmm. August 19, 2015. Now we're in, I'm talking 2015. We've been through so many years, guys. Right. And so, we're no clo- no, not anywhere closer to, to a solution. Out. Yeah. Uh, Russell Poole dies. That, that, that same guy that started this whole investigation the guy that was like this is wrong the lapd is fucked i quit Mm. i was a detective fuck this shit i'm out he died suffering a heart attack while at the los angeles county sheriff's department to discuss tupac shakur and christopher Wallace's murder Mm. for an upcoming book January 2016, the internet nearly collapses upon itself after the British tabloid The Sun publishes what it says is an image of Tupac Shakur alive and well and chilling in Cuba with singer Rihanna. Though later proven to be a photoshopped hoax, it is the latest in a string of rumors about the rapper being alive and living and hiding. The Cuban connection, which has been discussed in theory, which I'll bring up in the second segment... The Cuban, uh, the Cubans don't seem to think they know anything about this. So, um, with Suge Knight, the former music mogul, said Tupac's not dead. N word. If he was dead, they'd be arresting those dudes for murder. You know, he's somewhere smoking a Cuban cigar on an island somewhere. And that's okay. it. Let's take a break. Biggie's mum said he was really upset by Tupac's death. I was more shocked than anything, you know what I'm saying? But I wasn't more shocked of him dying. I was more shocked of him. Pac is a strong dude, yo. I know Duke, you know what I'm saying? Right. He's real strong. So when it was right. like he got shot, I was just more like, again? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He always getting shot or shot at. He gonna pull through this one again, make a few records about it, and it's gonna be over, you know what I'm saying? But when he, when he died, I was just like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? Kind of took me by. You know, even though we was going through our drama, I would never wish death on nobody. You know what I'm saying? Because ain't no coming back from that. So it kind of turned me down a little bit. But at the same time, you know, you got to move on. You know, I felt for his moms. 
for his family or whatever, but, you know, things got to move on, you know? Oh, yeah. Round and round, round they go. I get around. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are ready for a second segment. I got some info for you guys because I want you guys to know, according to Rob Brotherton of the Daily Beast, how the Illuminati stole the mind, body, and soul of hip-hop. Now, a lot of people don't like the Illuminati. Go figure. They think that that's what's been polluting hip-hop for so long. So, have you noticed how a lot of musicians have been covering one eye when posing for photos or making some kind of triangle with their hands? Jay-Z. Or both. Indeed, Jay-Z. What's up with the occult occult imagery and videos for Jay-Z's on to the next one and Kanye's power. Is it just because it looks cool and mysterious? The conspiracy minded say there's something more sinister to it. This mm-hmm. is evidence, they say, of a vast nefarious secret society. The, the nefarious B.I.G. Nefarious. Indeed. Um, so like all the best conspiracy theories, this one begins with an acorn of truth and ends up in a forest of speculation. So I, I have to agree with that. Um, there really was a secret society called the Illuminati, and we've covered that before. So, um, there's kind of a breakdown of the Illuminati. We know the group was formed in 1776 by a young Bavarian professor named Adam Weisop. Historian John Rogers described Weisop as equal parts lofty idealist and petty narcissist. On one hand, Weisop really did want to bring about a, re- a less religious, more egalitarian, rational society. So he wanted rational people to take over the world, basically. Um, Weisopt, um on the other, he also really wanted to be head honcho. So he wanted to be the head honcho of this mm-hmm. secret, super secret squirrel. Hey. I think people can go back and listen to that episode if they for want sure, more information. For sure. So, how did the Illuminati go from orchestrating revolutions to promoting pop stars? The panic of the late 18th century died down quickly for almost 200 years. The Illuminati took a backseat in conspiracy people's imaginations to other groups like Freemasons, Jews, Catholics, communists, business, tycoons, and government bureaucrats. People that our government bureaucrat. Sorry if my words got mushed up there for a second. <laughs> so sick international shit. Cool, cool <laughs> Jays. I shot ya the same year. Cell therapy by Goody Mob painted a bleak picture of what society will look like under the coming new world order, invoking conspiracy tropes like martial law, concentration camps, and black helicopters. Mm-hmm. Time is getting shorter. Slash. If we don't get prepared, people, it's going to be a slaughter. Also released in 1995, We Can't Win by AZ. Which I is Jay-Z's cousin. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> begins with a monologue explaining how society is really structured. This world is ruled and controlled by societies that exist within societies that exist within societies. You understand? These secret societies is maneuvering without society to control society. That's why society is out of control. 33rd and one-third, I heard, the Illuminati ones. Wow. Uh. Right. Word. Over yeah. the next year or so, Roz Cass of the Wu-Tang Clan mm. and Dr. Dre also mentioned the Illuminati or slash the, the New World Order. Cannabis went even further down the rabbit hole with his 1998 single, Channel Zero, which begins by claiming the government is covering up visits by superintelligent <sighs> aliens. It explains that Roswell, cattle mutilations, and even astronomers Carl Sagan were part of the plot. Hmm. That doesn't seem fun. We don't want no, our super Sagan. smart. Exactly. So, after a while, hip-hop's paranoia turned in on itself. Rumors emerged <laughs> suggesting that certain artists might be part of the conspiracy. So, these are some of the people that they think are part of the conspiracy. The first to come under suspicion was Jay-Z. His immense success, the conspiracists theorized, couldn't have been earned through talent, hard work, or luck. <laughs> he must have sold the soul to the Illuminati. One of the first and most vocal proponents of the theory was none other than Prodigy. Jay had sampled Prodigy's line about the Illuminati on D. Evels, Devils from his 1996 debut album, but by by uh, 2008, Prodigy was convinced in a letter penned from prison, he accused Jay-Z himself of being a puppet, wittingly or unwittingly, of the Illuminati, writing Jay-Z conceals the truth from the black community and the world and promotes the lifestyle of the beast instead. The accusations spread far and wide, first to Kanye West and Rihanna, when they appeared in the video for Run This Town with Jay, which had a distinctly spooky secret society vibe, to be fair, and then to Nas, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, and Nicki Minaj. And Kendrick. Virtu and virtually every major hip-hop figure, the rumors had transcended genre. Lady Gaga, Madonna, Bob Dylan, and Justin Bieber are all alleged to be card-carrying members of the Illuminati. Not the YouTube, Biebs. YouTube is flooded with vi videos deconstructing lyrics, music videos, and interviews looking for hidden meaning some with view counts in the millions. So, hmm. most hip-hop artists don't buy into the Illuminati theories. Of course, Tupac Shakur was, an ir was a very vocal early critic. He titled an ab an, at one of his albums that I actually brought up, the uh, Killuminati, Kil released posthumously in... Corroborate... In 1996, explaining in an interview recorded shortly before his death, I'm putting the K because I'm killing that shit. Referring to people who don't know the truth about the Illuminati, Tupac also rhetorically, how did he know? How did it leak to him? Who told him? Who told him? The Pope? Who? Because they like the Pope and Ooh. the money? Ooh. Oh, come on, man. Get the fuck out of here. Peak Illuminati was achieved in 2011, and on Genius.com's rap status feature art attests, the trend hadn't let up. Virtually every hip-hop star has dropped an Illuminati reference into their music, mostly to deny their membership and mock the rumors. In his 2010 track, Gasoline, for example, Meek Mill re referenced the influential 
prodigy line, joking, Illuminati wanted my mind, soul, and body. They asked me what I traded in for all Maserati. I told him no. He said one hundred million. I said probably. <laughs> Fair enough. Everybody has a price. Other artists see this conspiracy theories as pointless or worse, a misdirection. Talib Kuelli's 2013 single. Talib Quell? Is that yeah, how it yeah. says? Sorry, I apologize. Psychological. <laughs> his Second single, segment slurs. Do the Zanzi BB one. That's my favorite. Zanzi BB. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. My favorite's like, ah! <laughs> I don't know where it is. <laughs> no. <that's... laughs> there it is. So anyway, Kanye West addressed this idea in an interview with Paper Magazine. If there was an actual Illuminati, it would be more like the energy companies, not celebrities, that gave their life to music and who are pinpointed as decoys for people who really run the world. I'm tired of people pinpointing musicians as the Illuminati. That's ridiculous. We don't run anything. We're celebrities. We're the face of brands. We have to compromise what we say in lyrics so we don't lose money in any contract. It might seem strange that hip-hop would give credence to Illuminati theories, especially given that the the main purveyors of the New World Order doomsaying tend to be found on the political far right. The idea of the New World Order gained prominence in the early 90s when George H.W. Bush used no. the term in a speech about reconstructing global politics in the wake of the Cold War. It was when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came to WCW. Yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> anti-government <laughs> survivalists took it as a thinly veiled announcement of a coming totalitarian world government, and some, some fundamentalist Christians saw it as a harbinger of the apocalypse. So, now I want to say something recent because... I gave it up to 2016 for things that were happening as far as like government people that were um, saying things about the New World Order and the Illuminati. But this is this is a uh, Suge Knight. Mm. Okay, in okay. September, this is September 21st, 2017. Today is the 28th. Yeah. So seven days ago, Suge Knight had a little announcement. Really? Yes. Suge Knight faces indictment for alleged threats aimed at director F. Gary Gray. Now, F. Gary Gray. On Wednesday, He's a prick. On Wednesday, TMZ shared a clip from the documentary Who Shot Biggie and Tupac, which shows host Soledad O'Brien and Ice-T speaking to Suge Knight and Shakur's death. The 52-year-old Suge Knight, who's incarcerated in Los Angeles County Jail, recalls via phone call the slain rapper's disposition after the 1996 Las Vegas shooting. Now, this is Suge Knight. Quote, When Pac died, I mean, if you really did, you know, unquote, Knight said, quote, I mean, when I left the hospital, me and Pac was laughing and joking. So I don't see how somebody can turn from doing well to doing bad. I'm going to tell you that with Pac, you never know, unquote. The theory has floated around over the years since with photos of Pac lookalikes, the fake shtick, has also become a joke Pac. On, the, on the Pac on the interwebs. Knight 
had a similar revelation in 2012 when he questioned the rapper's reported cremation. The person who supposedly cremated Tupac, this guy got about $3 million personally from me. The next thing I know, I never heard from the guy or seen him again. He retired and left. And that's per um, 93.5K Day in L.A. <laughs> Quote, maybe the question is, Pac's not really dead. Pac's somewhere else. Tupac. Tupac. Packed up and locked. (laughs) (laughs) The rapper's legacy has continued to expand due to five posthumous albums, books, and countless documentaries. Uh Uh-oh. So, now it's time for me to turn on my iPad and do pop culture. Wait, we're doing pop culture? No, we're not. I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) You (laughs) Turn that iPad off. Hey, why did it open up to Pornhub? Oops. Research. No, um, let's, uh, you know, as, as for white people. Oh, boy. Okay. In the mic. Let's. <laughs> let's trying to herd cats producing this thing. For sure. Let's let's step outside of our boundaries for a minute. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I I became a a real rap fan, I guess, about three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh and, boy! And this is going to be bad, but we want to drop a beat. Okay. And we want to we want to experiment a little bit because oh, these guys think we. I think people assume that this is easy mm-hmm. to do what they do. No, it's it's going to look like. It's going to be Shakespeare train, right? yeah. after this, but we, all four of us, are really going to try to freestyle rap right now. <laughs> all right. You want me to fire it up? Who's going to go first? April. What? No, I'm not going first. Not it. Not, not it. it. Jesus fucking Christ. Of course. The host <laughs> with the most has got to go first. Yep. All right. You ready? See what you got. Um, let me just hear the beat a bit here. Ryan's going to start, so I'm going to take a big rip off this beer, and then I'm going to start. start. Okay. Yeah. Hell of a rip. Yeah, I'm a ripper. Uh. So far, so good. streets. I got some mean feats. I'll see you in the motherfucking sheets. You don't know what I'm gonna do to you, bitch. You a snitch, and I'm gonna make you itch, cause I got them crabs, babs. Cause I call you babs, bitch. Come on out. You really just called out. <laughs> babs. <laughs> I don't think Babs has ever been involved in a hip-hop war, ever. Barbara Streisand catching heat here. You better shut your mouth, bitch. You a snitch. Don't shut your lip. I gotta stick my dick in it. That's all I gotta say. I ain't gay. But, maybe. 
Someday. Someday. <laughs> you helping me out. You're my mace to the I, I, I am your I am your uh, 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 flavor flavor oh, to your Chuck D. Oh. <laughs> I got nothing else to say. I'm Ryan. I'm a rapper. I'm dying. I ain't gonna use the crepper. That's me. Now without your shirt on. Put your shirt off. Take the shirt off. Take the shirt off. Yo, I'm sitting on the crepper. Take my shirt off. Gotta do up a deuce. Take my shirt off. You got a sluice? Hey, maybe we're gonna clean up my car. I got some snow on it. Shit. I lost my flow. You never had had it. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, so we got to uh, have someone who's good next. So, April. What? I don't want to go next. So, Larry. Me? Okay. Me. <laughs> Just stuck my tongue. My name is Big Old Britches. Leave you snitches and stitches. Making all them riches. Conspiracy therapy up in this like a canary in the sky, flying high. Blow my mind with that Bigfoot shit. Melon heads and other people who have big heads. <laughs> Josh got a beard. He looks weird. Telling bad jokes. No one's choking on what I'm smoking. April, how's it going? Because I'm flowing. And you knowing that when I'm on the off time, I'm hoeing. Because I'm a male prostitute. It's an institute. I like to season my chicken with maple flavor. Nothing rhymes with flavor. <laughs> So do me a favor. Slurring my words like Ryan, I'm dying. Just trying to get through the word. O'Brien. This is bad. Really bad. I'm sad. I'm kind of mad. Because I can't joke like dad. And had I done that, I'd be like Josh. And like too proud of myself. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh. Too proud of myself. Too proud of myself. Okay, I've had enough. <laughs> Seriously. I love the, love the sad dad. <laughs> I can rhyme three letter words. I'm so proud. Oh boy. Who's up next? April. Fine. This is Josh. You better break it home yeah. if you're gonna go last. Oh lord. Watch her just like shoot us all back. My name is April. I'm the Aluma Mommy. I take rhymes and I fold them like origami. Origami? <laughs> no, I got you. I'm, I'm your hype man. I'm white like Swiss, but I'm always getting that cheddar. Cheddar. Uh, you guys are bad rappers, <laughs> but everyone knows I'm better. She's better. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I might look like a basic bitch with my Starbucks latte. Mmm, spice, pumpkin spice. <laughs> Nothing rhymes with latte. <laughs> you dug a hole. You dug a hole. 
right to my left. He's lots of fun. It's really cool that he was born in 1941. You might as well just drop the mic there. Um, oh wait, I'm not done yet. I'm sorry about that. Please. I have Ryan over here. He's always got the scoop. But I think it's kind of weird that he always takes his shirt off to poop. To poop. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, there's Josh. You know he has my heart. But he can clear the room with just one smell of his fart. (laughs) P.U. I got nothing. That's it. That was awesome. That was great. Now, Mr. I Save Me for Last because I'm so yep. good. You know this is just going to be like, my name is Josh and I'm here to say. I'm sorry, did I just steal that? <laughs> yep. for when it, like, there it is. Josh, go to work, make lots of money for my honey. Got two kids, they are great. Then I stay up late to ejaculate. (laughs) I do my job very good so that my money can be used for food. (laughs) For food. Yum. Eat that food. Eat that food. Play video games all day long, so then I don't smoke a bong. I don't do crack, like you say, because Ryan is laughing away. <laughs> Definitely not a rapper, so hush, because I spent all my time listening to Rush, bitch. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Farts. Burps. Farts and burps and farts and burps. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, that was bad. If you guys didn't already pull your car over. <laughs> if you didn't pull your car into the, the ba- embankment just to end it all. Thank you for sticking around. <laughs> I think we're going to go. I think we're going to go for a verdict now. Oh, thank oh Hey, oh, don't eat funny. my lasagna, bitch. Oh, That's she's the eating cat, it. okay? She's eating my lasagna, bitch. Okay, Garfield. Uh, not going to lie to you, that might have been the funniest segment I've ever been a part of. <laughs> oh, my. I cried. <laughs> I, yeah, I've got tears in my eyes. <sighs> verdict, ladies and gentlemen. The verdict is that we'll never, ever, ever be successful rappers. That's the verdict. Uh, maybe you. Me? No, she was. I'm going to be a. Five-time Juno winner. She was Juno. Is that like judo? All right. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. All right, guys. In one corner, we've got four really bad rappers. CLAPD. (laughs) Well, that's. I'm sorry. In one corner, we've got four really bad rappers, but conspiracy detectives. Because that's what we are on Conspiracy Therapy. But in the other corner, we've got the LAPD. We've got unused evidence. We've got a lot of 
bullshit stacking up, ladies and gentlemen. And right now, this judge wants to know who we think killed him. So, the first thing I have to ask is Larry. Yes. I'm going to go with you first. Okay. Larry, Illuminati, Suge Knight, Puffy, or Crip gang member? Who do we think actually really murdered the Tupac? U- the United States government. No, we're, we're not going that far today. I am. Okay. Well, Tupac Shakur and... Who else would have the resources to pull it off and hide it? I don't think the the LAPD can't even... Couldn't even prosecute. They couldn't prosecute. I mean, they they were just... Look, uh, uh, they were in such disarray at the time. Mm. I don't think they could have possibly done it. Suge Knight? I don't think so. It just... Do you think it was just a misunderstanding between gang members? No, I think the I think that uh, perhaps the federal government really took him out. Wow! Because the mm. he was exposing a lot of stuff. He was starting to get into that kind of thing. Now you think exposing Tupac the government and, and Biggie? Mm. Biggie, on the other hand, I think was what it was. I think it was gang gang related. Mm. So you're gonna go with federal and gang? Yep. April. <clears throat> I'm gonna say, as far as Biggie goes, that's gang. That's all gang related. I think um, if it wasn't a gang, it was gonna be a triple bypass. I got him. Yeah, exactly. Um, but for Pac, I think Suge Knight was behind it. Yeah, I I agree with April. I think Suge Knight had the motive to take out Tupac. And was able to hide it in such a way that everyone thought it was uh, gang related or uh, some other kind of a hitman hired by uh, the East Coast. And I think that Biggie was taken out in retaliation by wow. uh, other gang members. They they saw their hero die, uh, and they were like, "No, oh, fuck this guy. We're gonna take him out." It's it's it all sucks. It really does. Yeah, because now you're stuck with people like us rapping. Exactly. And we're no good. No. So I'm going to go with this. Tupac was Suge. Okay. Biggie was... Fuck. It was gang-related. Yeah. Interesting. And that's been your verdict, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. So now that we're sober and sad, let's get let's get quizzical, quizzical. I wanna get quizzical. Let's get into quizzical. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That's my fake game show voice host guy. You know the rules, fuckers. Jeez. I'd be so angry about it. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. 
We have a rap music trivia quiz. Ooh. I'm fucked. Now I chick chicked. I chicked. I chicked and I chicked. And I laid an egg <laughs> right there in front of the world. <laughs> I went with little easier ones here. So okay. question number one. What American you cat you? What what American city is considered the home of hip hop? Josh. Josh. Uh, I'm going to say Compton. That is incorrect. April? April. Detroit? That is incorrect. Ryan. Ryan. Philadelphia. That's incorrect. It's New York. Uh, Question number one goes to me. (laughs) What... Which of the following is not an alias of Christopher George Wallace? Big Papa, Frank White, Big Bunny, or Biggie Smalls? Josh. Josh. C. That is correct. He was never known as Big Bunny. God damn it, Josh. Good guess. (laughs) Shit, bird. Which rapper helped 50 Cent... Now 67 Cent with Inflation releases Guess Who's Back album. April. April. Eminem. That is correct. Damn. One to one, nothing to one. Dr. Dre released his own brand of music equipment. What type of equipment? April. Holy shit. (laughs) I think Ryan. Uh, Beats, uh, headphones. That is correct. We're all tied up. All tied up. One to one to one to one. Last question is worth one. And I think this is perfect. Which rapper appeared in the video game Chronicles of Riddick? Ryan. Ryan. Method Man. need hints? A- no. Hints. I think A- I- Ice Cube, B-50 Cent. Josh? 50 Cent. C Exhibit or D Snoop Dogg? I give you Exhibit A. Exhibit. That is hey. correct. April wins the saddest version of this show we've ever done. (laughs) Did he, was he pimping his ride? He was pimping rides. Very nice. Ladies and gentlemen, did you have a good time today? No. Yes. Sort (laughs) of. I'm sorry. If you didn't have a good time listening to our sad excuse for rap music. Mm -hmm. That was fun. That will probably appear in a future episode of greatest hits of this show. (laughs) Yes. I was going to say greatest misses, but okay. That too. Damn it. <sighs> okay, so that happened. I should have known that. Josh, we're really gonna put them things I should have known. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> Josh, where are you when you're not here? Well, contrary to that last answer, I do a podcast about video games. <laughs> that's of course the stiff joystick <laughs> podcast where I talk about things I actually know. When you text me, this is what I hear. <laughs> that's my text from you. <laughs> When April texts me, that's what I get. Yeah, well, you know. 
Uh, when ja- when uh, Ryan texts me, I get... As everybody should. As everybody should. Uh, Stiff Joystick Podcast. You can find that on Facebook, Twitter, and Podbean. Flicking that bean. Yeah, buddy. Gotta quit switching services. I was on SoundCloud and... Uh, First you were on Podomatic. Well, first I was on Podomatic and I went to SoundCloud because of the unlimited feature... But, of course, SoundCloud is a music-based thing, and I wanted to go back to a podcast-related hosting place, so I went to Podbean. What's so funny? <laughs> Nothing, here. Nothing. Because I have to explain myself? He doesn't have his headphones on. He doesn't have on. his headphones on, no. <laughs> because I got so frustrated by not knowing the exhibit answer. It's okay, honey. It's okay. You're you know what else is fart noises or cum blast noises or there's a noise for that. <laughs> Thanks. Good boy. Thanks for clearing that up. I got in my eye. That's weird. Hey, I know that theme song. It's Rap for to the, it. It's, <laughs> oh God. My name is April, and I'm here to say. I love wrestling moves in a major way. Somehow he was on beat. I know. That was that weird. That was really weird. Uh, yeah, but if you like... Pile drive me, husband. That's weird. Wow. If you like wrestling and wrestling history, you should come join us at the Potty Slam podcast, where it's uh, Larry and Josh and myself, and now just usually Ryan, because he's here. So come he's, check he's, us out. He's slowly becoming a, a very acclimated to the wrestling world. He is. He knows things now. So it's a proof that that show is for anybody. Like, what is it? Rowdy Randy or whatever? Rowdy, ra- ran- yeah, Rowdy. Rowdy Ralph. Rowdy, Rowdy Ralph. Ralph. That's what it was. Yep. So, yes, come find us. We are on Facebook and Twitter and Podomatic. Indeed. Oh, yeah. I'm on the EFIS podcast, EFISpodcast.net, if you like baseball history. And it's family friendly. Mm-hmm. If you like this show, you should check us out on Facebook, Twitter at Conspiracy T Show, or send us a message if you'd like to tell us a story about something that. Indeedy Zambidi. If if you ever had to deal with uh, paranormal, or maybe you saw Kurt Cobain's ghost, or who or, knows, or Hugh Hefner's ghost, uh-huh. yeah, oh. yeah. Boo. Um, so, but my show, check it out. Uh, email us at <laughs> conspiracytherapyshow at gmail dot com and uh, tell us a story or say a question. We'll read it on air. We will shout you out. Thank mm-hmm. you for listening. Does anybody have anything they want to add to this episode before we? Oh, real quick. We're going to be at the Grand Rapids Comic Con October 21st to the 23rd. Come see us. DeVos Hall. DeVos Hall. Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. Michigan. 49503. E3, yeah. Come You'll, see us. You can find us easily because we'll be wearing shirts with our Conspiracy Therapy logo on I'll it. be drunk. That's probably true. That is true. <laughs> oops. 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 Yeah, that's it. Anybody have anything they want to add to this episode before we adjourn to the next? I'll be eating horse ass. (laughs) There you go. Hey, somebody ate a horse ass. Okay, well, we'll see you next week on another episode of Conspiracy Therapy. Have a great, great. Try your eyes, never let up Forgive, but don't forget, girl
keep the happy And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe him And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave him Cause sister, you don't need And I ain't trying to gash up, I just call him how I see You know what makes me unhappy? that When brothers make babies and leave a young mother to be a cat And since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman And I came from a woman I wonder why we take from our women While we rape our women Do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our women Time to heal our women Be real to our women And if we don't, we'll have a race of babies That will hate the ladies that make the babies And since a man can't make one He has no right to tell a woman when and where to create one So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies But keep your head up This has been a presentation of Beer City Media.